bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! It is a great cause Monday today, and I hope that you BYU Cougar fans are having a great day. I know after seeing how great BYU's been playing that I'm excited for, for their season and what's to come. This is Daniel Olson, and I do this podcast every Monday for the Hive Sports, so you can get your fix on, on all your BYU sports news. You can also follow us on social media. We're at the Hive Sports. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to give us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, to be entered to win some BYU swag. Because we want to help you out for being loyal listeners and fans of the BYU Cougars. So with that out of the way, let's let's get going. Uh, BYU, they're now number nine in the country, according to both the AP and the coaches poll. And that's really impressive coming from, what were they? They were 11th, I want to say, last week. So so that's that's a nice jump. Um, yeah, yeah, the week before, yeah, they were 11th. They jumped from, so in their journey of being ranked, after pummeling Navy and getting Army postponed, um, the week that the army was postponed, they were 21 and 18. Then they dipped down to 22 against a lot the week of Louisiana Tech because some of the other SEC schools, some of the other schools entered the mix. Then up to 15, 14, 12, 11, and now 9. And I did see a, a prediction. My, my good friend David Huckbell, he, he has this path for BYU to get to the college football playoff and he predicted that this week they'd be nine and they are nine and then then I think it goes like to six to five to four after all of these are are over so we'll see I know sometimes the college football playoff um, it'll be interesting to see how they rank BYU because they put Notre Dame in the playoff once when Notre Dame went undefeated in in a full um, 12 game schedule so BYU is also an independent so it'll be interesting to see if they get the P5 or the G5 treatment uh, and I I know that their schedule is kind of middle of the pack so is Notre Dame a lot I mean they're playing in the ACC people always give Clemson a, a hard time and this year Notre Dame's playing in the ACC just this year only in, in their conference to it made the, it a little bit easier for them to schedule. BYU definitely had to do some heavy lifting to get the schedule, to get a schedule out there. So we should give them props for beating who's in front of them and, and beating pretty much every team except for that one confusing game where they escaped UTSA. But BYU is looking good. They get their first top 25 matchup since week one when they played the then-ranked um, Navy midshipmen and, and beat them pretty handily, 55-3. to three. Uh, These Boise State Broncos do look 
a little bit tougher than, well, a lot tougher than any team BYU's played so far. Um, but we we have seen, BYU has beaten the Broncos three times, but in the series history, they haven't played a lot um, compared to some of the other rivalries, but it's a growing popular rivalry because both programs are well-respected in the college football world. So Boise, they were number 25 in the nation after they beat Utah State. And yeah, yes, some of you guys know I'm an, I'm an Aggie fan. So that, so that game, plus the San Diego State game, was a little bit rough. Um, and those are two common opponents that BYU will, will be playing. So, yeah, this Friday um, at, I think it's at 7.45 p.m. Mountain Time. Yeah, it's on the ESPN network. Uh, so you can catch a great top 25 matchup. I don't know. Um, on on that night, BYU is going to be the main thing to watch. It'll be the Friday Night Lights, unless you've got some high schoolers playing in, in the state playoffs. We'll, we'll also be covering that. But um, the as far as this next week, uh, oh, on Friday, 11th ranked Miami hosts or plays at NC State. But yeah, BYU's the... The, the top game that night, um, especially for those on the West Coast. So I, w- I wish more East Coast people could see how great BYU is because some of these games are getting over at a, 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. So they some of these voters are just waking up, the AP voters, and just said, and they just look at the score and said, oh, BYU won again, and and give them some credit, move them up. But, but I really hope that some, some more of these voters can see just what BYU is doing to make an informed decision. But um, BYU, 7-0. and It's the first time since they've, they've been 7-0. and They've started the season 7-0 and since 2001. I heard today there's a stat. It's the, the fourth time in school history. It's just fun to read all the different stats about BYU. I, I didn't know this, but also Zach Wilson had... Uh, uh, the longest streak in school history of the most touch, uh, the most pass completions with, or the most passes thrown without an interception, something like that. It was like 180. It was 20 more passes than the second place quarterback in school history. And so, so yeah, 7-0. and that, We're the only 7-0 and team in the country besides the Clemson Tigers. Because, yeah, a lot of, some of these teams... SEC started a little bit later. Um, we know that the Big Ten and Mountain West just kicked off. Pac-12 is this weekend. So, so yeah, we can finally see the, the that rival up there. The, the Utah Utes will be playing. But, but as far as your Cougars go, that's, that's what you want to hear. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the game versus Western Kentucky. I know that this was kind of a different game. I mean, same result, BYU won, and they covered the spread, but it was a little bit weird to me that some of the fans were kind of not feeling as positive, which is crazy because let's look at the final score, shall we? It was 41-10, to 10, so I'm wondering, like, well, why are the fans disappointed? And apparently they just, BYU did what they do, and they just crushed the team the first half. They went up. 35 to 3 but then yeah they kind of coasted got a couple of Jake Oldroyd field goals and that by by the way was one of my 
favorite things to see Jake DeMink is back and and hit a couple field goals late. He had a 49-yard and a 45-yard field goal. And so he's he's doing good. Um, so since he's back, I'll give him the special teams game ball. Usually we don't do that, but, I mean, he he earned it. He's he's Mr. Automatic there, makes, makes all of his uh, extra points and his field goals in the night. I don't believe he missed any. Just... Checking that. Yeah, two for two on field goals. Five for five and extra points. I don't, I don't believe he... Has he even missed one this season? I think he's... Jake make is 100% this season. He is four for four on field goals. Two, the two last night were... They were long ones. 40... Between 40 to 49 yards earlier in the season. I think he had a couple of other ones. But yeah, so he's looking good. Let's give the game balls to, to offense and defense. On offense, there's a lot of candidates. Zach Wilson, by his standards, I mean, only 200 and something yards. Uh, it's still still great. He's still uh, in the mix for the Heisman. And we'll get to that in a little bit. I, I have a couple opinions on that. But um, if you look at the stats, BYU, I mean, Tyler Algier, led the team in rushing yards with 95 yards and a touchdown. But what I really liked was Lopini Katoa. He had the longest uh, catch of the night. It was a 42-yard touchdown. He had two catches for 50 yards. But, but yeah, 42 of those yards came on a, on a great catch. He caught it and just weaved through defenders. He just looked like he, looked like he was on fire there. And so I think he deserves... He deserves the love here, so so let's give the game ball to Lupini Katoa for for the offense. For the defense, uh, who else do I give it to? I mean, Isaiah Kafusi. I mean, I know we like to spread the love and give it to other people, but this guy, Isaiah, he, he's, he was deserving again. He led the team in tackles with nine total tackles. He recovered a fumble. And let's talk a little bit about something he did off the field. Um, it, it was a big, a big headline in the news because you, you don't see this very often on, on the field. Um, church and state are kind of separated. They just play the football game. They, they may shake hands afterwards. But apparently during the game, or I, I, I heard it was during the game. It kind of sounds crazy that they're, they're talking in religion during the game. But uh, the uh, Western Kentucky apparently had to ask a couple of questions about their religion and and, and BYU they're owned they're operated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Brigham Young University uh, so so after the game uh, Isaiah Kafusi and one of his teammates there's a picture of it um if you look it up you'll, you'll see they they're talking to these Western Kentucky linemen and and you see that them pull out a Book of Mormon, which is one of the scriptures that that the that the church that BYU represents uh, um, believes in. And so they gave the book to Western Kentucky, and there were pictures. And I thought it was a great moment to see them share their faith and what they believe. And and so that's not the only reason why they get the game ball. Obviously, Isaiah gets it for what he did on the field. But I just thought that was a cool headline 
in case you haven't seen it, you can check it out on on any BYU website or or social media. So that's a good tidbit there. So now if we move on from the Western Kentucky game, we'll talk a little bit of NFL and then get to a, a little bit of my Heisman finalists and, and, and preview the Boise game. So let's run through that. Um, my top cougar in the NFL, none other than the Swiss Army Knife for the Saints. You know Taysom Hill, he just does it all for them. He didn't throw a pass t- today, and I know he's he is one of the quarterbacks in the depth chart and possibly could be the next quarterback after Drew Brees. But he, he had great stats um, on his receiving and rushing yards. He had 35 rushing yards and 30 receiving yards. Um, he actually had his highest, That was his, this was his most productive game. I checked my fantasy um, and the way they they might do it different than some of your leagues, whether they're PPR or not. But in my league, he had 15.4 fantasy points. One of his, I think his one catch, I want to say it's one catch. He had a, a pretty long re- receiving touchdown. The Saints won in overtime over the Bears on a game-winning winning film goal. So I, I just love to see what Taysom's doing because he... There are other athletic quarterbacks or athletic players out there like Tim Tebow. Some people say if he was willing to do what Taysom did and, you know, just kind of be a Swiss Army knife, then he could have stayed in the NFL a little bit longer. Um, we know he decided to try baseball, and and that that's cool for him, and he can be an analyst on ESPN. But it's really cool that Taysom had the, has the humility to, yeah, maybe he's not the number one, he's not the – quarterback because I mean he's playing behind a, a Hall of Famer I think Drew Brees has the record in in passing yards he's, he's just a legend so it's great to see what Taysom's doing there so so now that we've got the NFL out of the way it's, it's always great to talk about Taysom but now let's talk about the Heisman race uh, there's been a lot of talk about that, and a lot of people are b- voting hashtag Zach Wilson for Heisman. I'm going to give s- some love, definitely, because, I mean, this is the first time since, I think, Ty Detmer, yeah, he was the only one to win the Heisman, but we've had a, a couple of Heisman finalists. I want to say the last one was Steve Sarkeesian in that 96 season when BYU, I think they only lost one game, and then they won the Cotton Bowl, so so that was a special season. Um, but but now we have Zach Wilson in the mix. He is one of the four quarterbacks right now in the, in the Heisman house or whatever it's called. ESPN is having fan voting now, and that just kind of determines who the fans think should be the finalists, and, and we'll see who the finalists ended up being. But currently, Zach Wilson has like 55% of the votes, and and the fans don't determine who wins it all. I'll have to check more. I think they might have somewhat of a say on who makes is a finalist. And there are four finalists that get to go to to the awards ceremony for the Heisman. So the four I think that should be in consideration is obviously our guy Zach Wilson. And the front runner, I believe, is Trevor Lawrence. 
And it's looking like Justin Fields of Ohio State. He only has a couple of games under his belt, but he looks like a, a contender. And then Mac Jones from Alabama. And the Heisman, it does go usually to a player on a winning team. Not always, but if you're putting up monster stats. But 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 yeah, the I think Zach Wilson belongs in the mix. And, and I want to be to give credit where credit is due here. I just don't want to say, yeah, he's the legitimate Heisman because, I mean, just looking at it, I believe that the the media, as long as Trevor Lawrence gets in there and plays like his normal self, we, we know he's had COVID and, and Boston College and Clemson was able to barely escape Boston College. And I, I think Trevor Lawrence, in order to get a stranglehold in the Heisman, he has to clear the protocol this weekend for the big game against Notre Dame. That's a two top five teams there. I think if he can get back in there and and win that game, then he'll he'll basically have it. He's been in the mix the last couple of years, but other other guys have won it. So I think Zach Wilson of out of those four guys, I mean. He, that that's awesome that he's in there. I think he might be the third or, or fourth. I I think he you can make the case that he he's better than Mac Jones and Mac Jones. I mean he's great. He plays for Alabama, but Alabama they just have studs everywhere. And not that BYU doesn't, but but for me, I mean Tua Tago Bailoa, he was he was just something else. And Mac Jones, I think he could end up being really great, but but I think Zach Wilson's up there with Mac. Justin Fields, he's just he's he's great, and Ohio State is also a great school. But I I, I personally I I have Trevor Lawrence number one, and then Justin Fields a little bit ahead. I, I think Zach Wilson is getting a little bit more love because he has a seven game resume, and, and Justin Fields has only played two games so far. So that that would be an interesting race to see what happens. But it's just awesome. 2020 has been a, a crazy up and down year. And I know a lot of you have been affected by COVID and other crazy things. So it's it's cool to see some good crazy. And at BYU right now, they're the good type of crazy. So so that's good to see. So lastly, we, we got to talk about Boise this week. It, it is a big game. Some people have said, have debated, like, is this the biggest game since 1984? Well, there's been some good big games since then. There's, like I was saying, the 1996 Cotton Bowl that BYU won. And and when they beat Miami, um, this game has a lot of implications. It's like a make-or-break season. I know in 2001, BYU, they would have had a chance at maybe to be the original BCS buster. We know that kind of Boise and, and Utah were that several years after that, but... Um, but then BYU lost to TCU. It was, that was disappointing. But but this has a chance to be a really positive chance because if BYU wins this one, they're eight and zero. They just got a rollover FCS opponent, North Alabama, and then another. There will be another test. I think San Diego State could be a big game as well because they're looking like a tough team. That they after it. it, it yes, it's only been two games over. Yes, inferior opponents, the UNLV and my Aggies, but they currently lead the nation in rushing yards, and 
fewest points allowed. So we'll get to them in a couple weeks in, in the cold December night when BYU hosts their first game in December. Huh? Definitely bundle up if you go to that one. But for Boise, um, Bachmeyer, Hank Bachmeyer, the starting quarterback, was out, but they, they coasted over Air Force. It was a little bit closer than and normally I, th- I think would be if Bachmeyer was playing. And his starting possibility over the Cougars that this Friday might be in doubt. He has to follow protocol. Um, I don't. I hadn't seen yet if it's been confirmed, but I think there was a player that was out for COVID, and during the game it wasn't ruled whether it was Hank, but I think it might be. So if if for some reason his his play is in doubt, I think. But in that case, but BYU definitely wins. If he's playing, then uh, I don't. Well, I I wanna I wanna pick BYU because you know we love BYU and and all of that. But but they're gonna have to bring their A game. There there can't be any of this willy nilly playing because we we kind of saw. I mean, every there's always peaks and valleys in a season, right? But um, BYU, there's been a couple of times like against Houston, which is. They're they're a good team. They're not the best team in the American, but they're they they were good and and they gave BYU some trouble early in that game, and and like we talked about UTSA, which is I wouldn't call them a good team. They only lost by seven points to the Cougars, so there can't be any of this against Boise. Um, I saw my Aggies play, and and yes, they're kind of having their own struggles, but but if you give Boise a if you show Boise your hand or if you just give Boise an inch, they'll go a mile. So especially on that Smurf turf, I'm guessing they're going to be wanting to wear their home blue jerseys on the blue turf. I personally think that should be banned by the NCAA because it's, it's like camouflage. How are you supposed to see them? But um, I think, like I said before, BYU's never won in Boise, but they've had chances like single digit, like just one point here or there losses. Zach Wilson was there two years ago. They were they were making a drive and had a chance, but they ran out, ran the clock just ran out, and they all, they almost had the chance to win there. And there's been a couple other ones. We know that last year Zach Wilson was injured, but but the BYU beat Boise here in Provo. So as of now, I'm gonna make a prediction. I reserved the right to change the prediction if Bachmeyer does play. Um, either way, I, I'd probably pick the Cougars. If Bachmeyer was playing, I'd probably just cross my fingers and say Cougars win by a point in overtime. They go for two and kind of uh, um, make up for that. I think Taysom Hill tried to go for two way back in the day and didn't get it, and then they lost to Boise. I want to say that was the Boise game, but uh, he also that happened against Utah. As well, but that's a different story. But um, I'm gonna say if Hank Bachmeyer does not play and they have that USC transfer, uh, I'm playing, which he's he's okay. But but I'd say BYU wins by ten points in that case, 38-28. Again, if yeah, if Hank's playing, that that'll be a little bit. Um, BYU fans should be biting their nails a little more because Hank Hank's a good quarterback and Boise just does what they do like they, they did a lot of those trick plays uh, against Utah State and and they always do the trick plays but um, I've seen some some fans mention some BYU or 
even some of my Aggie friends were mentioning that maybe Boise shouldn't show their hand and show all these trick plays because BYU has film on it. And if I'm BYU, I'm looking for that film and say, and saying, hey, like, you got to watch the ball when, when Boise is playing because they'll, they'll try to do a little fake behind the back Statue of Liberty and then the next thing you know, they're 20 yards down the field going for a touchdown. So so I I think this will be a, a fun game. I hope you Cougars are excited. Uh, this is the most excited I've been for a BYU game. As I mentioned before, yes, I, I, I was actually, actually I was born and raised, I, I was born in Provo and, and kind of knew when I was a little kid, I didn't really follow college sports as much, but I lived in Logan for a while and ha- have been an Aggie fan, but this is the most excited I've been for a BYU game in quite some time, because Usually, when I've watched the last couple of years, they're, they're interesting. They're an in-state team I love to see. But then they, they lose an early game. They lose to Utah. They lose to a MAC team or, or just some team they shouldn't have lost to. And they still end up having respectable season, like beat Wisconsin a couple of years ago and, and beat USC last year. But, but, yeah, this is an exciting time to be a Cougar. If you're a Cougar, let everybody know. Rise and shout. Wear your... Royal blue, stay loyal to the royal, and and yeah, go Cougars. Let, let, let's get it and beat Boise. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.